the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Joined now by my friend Admiral James Stavridis, retired United States Navy, chairman of the Rockefeller Foundation, chairman of all sorts of things, member of the Carlisle Group. Admiral Stav, good morning. How are you? Doing well, Hugh. Up in uh, Long Island today, as a matter of fact, did a speech last night at a bank here. Out and around again. I'm glad to hear it. I have uh, uh, two questions for you. The the Taliban have closed Kabul University to women. This is not surprising. Yesterday they hung four people from cranes. That's not surprising. What we see happening out of there will continue to get worse and will roll out over the days and weeks and months ahead. My question is, are you still in touch with some of the Pineapple Express people? There are a lot of veterans who are working to get a lot of people out of Afghanistan. They're calling in every chit around town that I know of. Everyone is getting asked by these people to help, and everyone's trying to help. I assume you're getting those calls, too. How wise do you think it is for the vets to be there working sub Rosa to get people out? Oh, I think it's additive, and we've got to keep at it. And let's face it, nobody is going to be more passionate about getting at-risk Afghans than the Americans who worked alongside those Afghans. And, you know, we often use the shorthand interpreter, but it's it's vast uh, number of people, 100,000-plus, maybe 200,000 when you add in them and their families who were interpreters, logisticians, frontline soldiers, commandos helicopter pilots. It's the entire gamut of Afghans who stood with us. And we have a deep moral obligation to get them out. And yes, um, I know dozens of veterans who are involved in this. Um, Some are more successful than others. Um, There are a wide variety of ways in which they're trying to help these people. And um, I think it'll be additive to what the U.S. government needs to be doing, which I assume is being directed largely by the CIA at this point, because I don't see the Department of Defense uh, publicly, visibly going after this. I think that, uh, to conclude, I think that Lloyd Austin and Mark Milley will be asked about that in public testimony today. What are you doing to get people out of Afghanistan? Yeah, I'm not going to talk about what they might say today and tomorrow, yeah. because, but we will next week. I do want to talk about what the prime minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett, said at the U.N. yesterday, he said, words don't stop centrifuges spinning. Um, Many people believe when he said that Iran's nuclear weapons program is at a critical point that he meant it's at a point where Israel either acts or Iran gets the bomb. How do you read that, Admiral Staff? I think you've got it roughly right. We could probably have a discussion about whether it's this minute or whether it's six months from now or at the outside a year from now. But Israel has always been very clear that they will not tolerate an Iran that can sprint to a nuclear weapon. 
and nor should they. It, it's an existential threat in every dimension to Israel. And, oh, by the way, it's not just a nuclear weapon. Iran already has a profound ballistic missile capability, which can uh, overwhelm the Israeli, even the Israeli vaunted missile defense system. So um, Israel has plans to conduct such strikes. Um, they would rather see a diplomatic and non-combat solution, but they're not going to tolerate an Iranian capability to sprint. I'll define that as less than six months to get to a nuclear weapon. Iran is probably approaching that point now. So when they get to that point, when they hit the breakout moment, what do you sure. expect Israel to do and what will the United States do to help or hinder Israel? I think the Israelis will take military action. Um, they will probably, before they go to an overt strike capability use, they will probably attempt more clandestine, um, in other words, as they have shown us, they clearly have, if you will, boots on the ground, uh, plenty of capability inside Iran. They'll probably try and do something smaller scale from the inside, but failing that, if they if they don't have the means to get inside those Iranian facilities, particularly the centrifuge farms, um, then I think you're going to see them launch a, a major uh, attack. It could come from uh, long-range missiles, long-range airstrike. They have all the capability to do that. What the U.S. will be faced with is a choice of whether to provide uh, critical intelligence um, to provide uh, the ability to, to move those forces forward, uh, air tanking, all those kinds of things. Um, I think that'll be a, a choice that the Biden administration is hoping not to face. But at the end of the day, um, we, in my view, at the end of the day, we cannot, we, the United States, cannot tolerate Iran having that nuclear breakout capability. It is widely believed, though I cannot confirm it, uh, that Israel provided us with notice of the Iranian intent to strike al-Assad with ballistic missiles, which they did uh, following the assassination of Soleimani. Uh, so they have obviously great intel there. What sort of intel would we be providing them, Admiral? But do, is stuff that they don't have eyes in the sky? Because the Israelis have got lots of eyes in the sky. They do, but they don't have our satellite systems. They have very good internal sources in Iran, but we are quite capable of gathering intelligence ourselves, humans. Um, we have signals intelligence, in particular uh, the ability to collect on uh, cell phones and uh, cyber capabilities. I don't want to go into great depth here for purposes of classification, but nice to say, yes, Israel has excellent intelligence. We have excellent intelligence. You know, the thing about intelligence, Hugh, is it's not like a painted picture. It's like a mosaic, and different uh, actors will bring different chips to the mosaic. And by the way, it perhaps will not be just the United States and Israel. The Saudis have very good capability. The UAE does. Uh, the Qataris. So um, when you want to put that picture together, remember it's a mosaic. Um, we can help that picture be filled out for the Israelis if we choose to do so. Would it be wave after wave after wave of Israeli jets flying to a variety? Because when the precursor of this, which was the attack on the Iraqi nuclear weapons program in the 80s, occurred, 
It was one elaborate strike, and they couldn't fly over certain Arab lands that they would be allowed to overflight now. Uh, and they couldn't fly over Iraq, which would probably, uh, you know, they were aiming at Iraq. I don't know what Iraq would say now about overflights. What do you think, Admiral? Is it, is, is it as an elaborate an attack as happened last time? Uh, I think that the Israelis will want to be as precise as they can possibly be. They'll also be highly creative here. In other words, you it, it will probably be uh, long-range missiles in combination with uh, manned aircraft, in combination with offensive cyber capability, for example, to blunt Iranian air defense systems, in combination with uh, internal boots on the ground, uh, taking out particular nodes physically. It'll be a, a combined, sophisticated plan. It's not going to be a single rifle shot. It'll be all those elements coming together. And, of course, they're, they're not aiming to take out every Iranian production facility in the entire country of Iran, which is vast. They'll, they'll be very precision-guided in what they go after, and they'll want to do the maximum damage um, and push Iranian capability to get to the bomb back as far as they possibly can. At the heart of it, of course, is the enriched uranium and the centrifuges that produce that weapons grade of the uranium. So, Admiral, the, long ago, the chief of staff, then chief of staff to General Mattis when he was running uh, the meth out of Camp Pendleton, his name was Colonel Clark Lathane, said to me, the problem with civilians, Hugh, is you never think about second and third order consequences. And I always remember that. What will be the second and third order consequences of the strike that Bennett at the U.N. was hinting at yesterday? Um, well, they will be directed uh, in the immediate moment at Israel itself. And it would be principally Hezbollah, which is a terrorist organization that has embedded itself in southern Lebanon in possession of tens of thousands of surface-to-surface -surface missiles. Some of those are very short-range. Some can uh, go all the way down south to the Israeli facilities in the desert. And uh, I think you would see in the immediate moment a, a rain of those missiles coming in. Uh, Israel would be ground zero for those attacks. Secondly, Iran would launch its own ballistic missiles, conventional ballistic missiles, pr principally at Israel. If the Iranians could tie Saudi cooperation or Gulf state cooperation to the strikes, say overflight, you might see reactions against the Saudi oil fields. And you could see the Iranians decide to dump thousands of mines into the Strait of Hormuz. Um, that would be just the initial few days. Then you'd see, I think, uh, targeted assassination attempts to the degree the U.S. was involved and the actions directed against the U.S. globally. Um, Iran and Hezbollah have a very robust terrorist organization. So, yeah, um, second, third order effects would be coming. And, oh, by the way, with all respect to the colonel, I've met a lot of civilians who are smart enough to think through second and third order effects. I know that the Biden administration is doing that, and, and that's a principal reason they're hoping to avoid the need for that kind of strike through diplomacy. But there is only there comes a point where you have to recognize, I think, that the not you, Admiral, but generally 
that we have to recognize that Iran is not going to be deterred. And when that point comes and they cross over the breakout line, Israel's going to act. I was just curious if you thought among the second order impacts, a ground invasion of Lebanon coordinate with the strikes on Iran would occur so as to preempt as much of the Hezbollah rocketry as possible. I think that's a possibility. And let's face it, the Israelis who have a, a finely tuned war machine in their own armed forces would not have to commit ground troops to invading Iran. So their army would be available, if you will, for that kind of mission. Um, let's hope we don't get there. But to your point, if you're an Israeli, and this is why Naftali Bennett uh, said those words at, at the UNGA, the United Nations General Assembly, you know, we all want to be Sun Tzu, right, the, the great uh, Asian strategist, that the greatest battle is the one you never actually fight. He's all about diplomacy and head fakes and figuring out a clever way uh, to win. But Sun Tzu also said, when on death ground, fight. And what he meant by that was when someone is going to kill you and you are on your death ground, you have to fight. And I think that's how Israel feels about an Iranian nuclear weapon. Perfect bow on it. Thank you very much, Admiral James Stavridis. Follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Stavridis. If you want him to speak to your group, Washington Speaker Bureau. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. Biden administration spokespeople and the press seem eager to shift our attention from the Afghanistan debacle. Last week, the Secretary of Homeland Security admitted only 3% of the 60,000 Afghans who've been brought to America have special immigrant visas. Those eligible for such visas are Afghans who work for the U.S. military. They're at greatest risk of being murdered by the Taliban. NBC News reported that as of May, 18 to 20,000 Afghans had applied for the special immigrant visas. When their families are included, the total eligible for such protection is at least 70,000. All this means is those who need and deserve our protection most have been abandoned, even as the vast majority of Afghan evacuees brought to this country are completely unvetted. It's just another way the Biden administration has managed to betray both America and our allies in the withdrawal from Afghanistan. I'm Carol Platt-Lebow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.